I think it's crazy how much you're doing a good job goes, like how far that really goes. You know, whether you're saying that to someone who is kind of mothering you in like a church spiritual capacity, Mm -hmm. you know, or that you can say to someone else, just you're doing a good job or like a doctor or a nurse that is taking care of your kids. Like how much does it mean to just say thank you for what you're doing like I appreciate it you're doing a good job I'm glad you are like taking care of my family in this way in whatever way that is just hearing you're doing a good job is so affirming and it's something that I don't tell people enough and it's something that means so much when I hear it you're listening to the upside down podcast a place for unscripted conversations on life and faith Join us as we discuss what it looks like when Jesus turns our lives upside down. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Upside Down, a podcast of unscripted conversations of life and faith. And today we are going to have a little celebration of motherhood because it's the week of Mother's Day. And so we're just going to celebrate all of you who are out there giving life, whether you're officially a biological mom or not. And yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. So today, this is Lindsay. I don't think I said that yet. I always forget. (laughs) I have Kayla and Christy on the call with me. And Lori and Shannon aren't here because we realized it's really difficult to have conversations that we can keep short enough for y'all to want to listen to with five people. And it's also really mm-hmm. difficult to dive kind of deep. And today's conversation's a little bit more lighthearted, but typically we, we kind of talk about some serious stuff and it's just hard mm-hmm. to get, get, get any depth when we have so many people on the call. So right. we're, we're going to try this out with three people, but before we get started, you guys have some reviews that you want to read, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Take it away, Christy. <laughs> okay, this one says an absolute must listen. This is an iTunes review. And it says, I absolutely adore this podcast. These women are so honest and real, tackling life's truths and struggles with such honesty and vulnerability. Listening to these women talk feels like sitting and chatting with close friends. I can't say enough great things about this podcast. They've truly changed my life and have motivated me to be so much more. They've influenced me to be more active and really be the hands and feet of the Lord in my own life to better serve those around me. Now, two things I love about that. One is a perfect use of a semicolon. Huge fan of the semicolon over here. (laughs) The other is that her, uh, I'm assuming her name is Slim Shady, the real. (laughs) That's the best it is the best (laughs) I could not not read that one so I guess if you're someone who's like oh I haven't left a review yet I wonder if I should how should I do it what name should I use please just use a good one and we'll probably read it (laughs) if you're into that 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 is great and I have one it's it's not from the real slim shady it is from I don't even know it's it's a lot of letters it's d-s-h-o-s and he or she says raw, authentic, and fun. And they say, whether I'm having a stressful day at work or I'm training for a 5K, which, good for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, back, back to the thing. <laughs> Upside Down Podcast always brings me hope and laughter. These ladies are raw, authentic, and fun. It's refreshing to hear God-fearing women from different backgrounds bring light into people's lives. Well, thank hey. you. Hey, if yeah. you are listening while you're training for a 5K, can I just tell you to go – Look ahead on the road. You can do it. You can do it. Find three telephone poles down 
and at least run to mm-hmm. that. You got it. That's how I always do it. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, fine, I'm too. Like, I'm walking. I'm like, my side hurts. I can't do this anymore. I'm only the block away from my house. Oh, dear. <laughs> Lindsay's judging me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not judging you. I wanted to say, though, the reason that we encourage people to leave reviews is not because we just like you all hearing you hearing you all tell us about all the right. things that you love about the podcast, but because it actually helps other people, other people find the podcast. So that's how mm-hmm. iTunes, you know, algorithms and things like that. So yeah. it just helps people. So if you haven't yeah. left a review, we would love it if you would. And we would love it if you used a cool name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it is really helpful for iTunes because we don't have a huge budget, a.k.a. we don't have any budget for our podcast. <laughs> a.k.a. we're broke. Yeah. We're moms. All of our kids, like, need to eat and need clothes. So sharing the podcast, rating the podcast, those are really easy ways that really yeah. help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's the week of Mother's Day, like we said, and we wanted to have – uh conversation about motherhood and we but the real reason we're having this lighthearted conversation is because we went on a retreat about a month and a half ago and we all realized that Christy really likes to have fun and I think (laughs) Christy also realized that I actually am not so into fun naturally and kind of have to be dragged like I have to plan fun and put it on my calendar um so we're having a fun conversation. So can you guys hear the fun in my voice? I'm it's trying really so hard. Lindsay's so like, fun it's going fun. to be fun. <laughs> exactly. We will have fun. I you planned will it. like it. And I will execute yes, and, it. <laughs> and you will. Yes, yes, yes. So we're, we're just having a conversation and we want to celebrate motherhood. And those of you who are giving life to other people and other things and creating and nurturing and all of that stuff. But first, I want to hear from you guys. Since we're having fun. Do you have a funny story? I'm assuming it would be a story where you are the mom, but I guess it could be when you were a kid and, you know, mm-hmm. converse, funny story about your mom. But do you guys have a funny memory mm-hmm. or funny story that you could share? The first, this is Kayla. The first thing that comes to mind is, so I have I have four kids, but only two of them are talking because two of them are babies. So they haven't really given me like good fodder yet but (laughs) it's coming (laughs) it's coming uh but my four-year-old we were eating breakfast and he goes hey mom and I was like yeah buddy and he goes I just poured milk on Jesus's head and I was like (laughs) I just looked at him like um did you say the wrong words like what you know and he goes well Jesus is in my heart and I just took a drink of milk and it went down my body and it went on his head Mm. and I was like oh (laughs) that was so sweet and weird (laughs) kids speak yeah it was sweet I so my kids are a little bit slightly older um, the the benefit of having three girls is that I can say one of my children, and uh, mm-hmm. unless it's like super obvious, you don't know who I'm talking about, which works out. Yeah. So after Christmas, we were. <laughs> this is kind of a personal story, but I'm going to share it anyway. So after Christmas, <laughs> so we had read the Christmas story, um, and we were reading it. We read it out of a children's Bible, and we also read it out of an adult Bible. 
a, a normal Bible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ESV, if you yeah, must know. Clarify what and, you mean by adult. Right. That Sorry. Get a little confused. Yeah, especially with what I'm about to say. So, um, oh, no. So we were reading it, and we were reading the word, you know, the word virgin is in there. And so one of my kids said, Mommy, was a virgin? And I was like, okay, well, our kids aren't, like, quite old enough where I, I have chosen to, like, fully, like, explain that. And so I said something like, well, um, you know, in this case, it, it means um, a person who's not married yet. So, um, like, months later, we are... <laughs> Uh, in the living room and the Bibles are out again and we're like reading something else. And, um, and the same kid was like, no, can you, what's a virgin again? And I was like, oh, remember we talked about this. It's, um, you know, someone before they're married. And she says, so mom, you were a virgin, you were a virgin. And I was like (laughs) dancing around the living room and I'm like, hi. Okay. Uh, we're, let's, let's leave it there. Like, just see, it's like one of those moments where you're like, how do I explain to my child that like, please don't like run out onto the street and like, yeah, talking right. about, but you like, can't, you can't say virginity. that because then they will, they oh, will actually. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That's yeah. So, it's like, yeah, yeah. Just pouring like fuel on the fire. Crazy. Yeah. It was yep, hilarious though. Like the, like, <laughs> like the like complete lack of awareness of like what mm-hmm. she's saying. And, and then she started moving on to other people and like using other people's names. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, please stop commenting <laughs> on people's sexual history. Like, <laughs> we, can't, we can't do that. So I love yeah. those moments though. When you're like, mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of one. I do have one. I actually didn't when I asked the question and I've thought of one. I have plenty of, you know, like examples and material that I could pull from, but I just was drawing a blank. But we're really big into counseling in our family. Like we all go to counseling all the time. And um, I was at at a counseling session with one of my kiddos working through some, some just questions he had and struggles. And um, he, he really has a hard time with things being unfair and mm. I call it his injustice complex. And so he wants everything to be equal and fair and just, and the world just doesn't operate that way. And so um, his counselor was asking him, you know, what's something that happens at home that you feel like is unfair? And he says, when mom stays up late and eats all the ice cream. (laughs) His counselor and I busted out laughing and which is probably like not the response that you're, you know, that's probably how it's supposed to go. But she was just like, yeah, I can see why you would think that's really unfair. And then we just went on with it. But I just thought, oh, I was just totally busted and called out in front of the counselor. (laughs) <laughs> then I stay up every night and eat ice cream, but um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it that's was a pretty awesome. funny moment. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty funny moment. <laughs> so another question that I have for you guys: Most of us, when we're momming, we are doing that alone, right? Like, there's not usually other people around when we're mm-hmm. at home with our kids. Even mm-hmm. if you don't stay at home with your kids, it's it's just not cultural that we are like hanging out with other people all the time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there are these moments in motherhood for me where I I figure something out, whether it's like our kid, my kid's schedule or the chores that they're doing or a behavior that we're working on or a character trait or whatever. There's these moments where I'm like, yes, I nailed it. And no one's Mm. here to high five, you know? (laughs) So I'm wondering if you guys have any of those like 
moments that you can point to or even like a a really like like a mom hack like it can be even be something like really practical like I did this and now my world is so much better Mm. Mm -hmm. I think one thing for me like now that we're kind of at this point where our my kids they dress themselves we don't have any diapers or pull-ups in the house anymore as of like I mean, someday that goes away. Oh yes, my goodness. Someday. And, um, and so it's like, we're, you know, we're in like a different phase, but one thing that I started doing a while ago after another mom told me it was sort of like handling the getting out the door thing differently. And so mm-hmm. one of the things, like if you've ever spent time in a preschool, I don't know if you've noticed how like when they have the kids line up to go somewhere, they have them make like a choo-choo train almost where like you put Mm -hmm. your hands on the shoulders of the person in front of you. So I've literally done that with my kids where I'm like, (laughs) okay, we're getting ready to go. I tell them to go. The shoes are all right by the door, which, and for the younger ones, I've put stickers, like I've cut a sticker in half so that like they can look at the sole of the shoe and figure out which shoe is which. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yes. By doing the puzzle, that's a game changer. So they, you know, I'll say, go put your shoes on and stand by the door and I will go get all, you know, cause I basically move out every time I leave the house. It feels like, like I, I'm carrying <laughs> yes. so much stuff and then I'm like moving oh back my in. Word. It's yes. crazy. And so I prepare to move out and they put their shoes on and stand by the door and wait for me. And that has helped a lot because it like keeps like when everyone else is moving around the house and I'm trying to move out then mm. like it I just get mad but if I can keep them contained in that one little place it's made it a lot easier so mm. I don't know it does this happen with any of your kids but I have one child in particular that when we're like okay we gotta go like it's time to go now they like start like being in slow motion like their bodies stop yes. <laughs> and it's like what are you doing and they just are like in another world and it's like I I thought I was going to put my shoes and then I got distracted by this Lego magazine and I'm like oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. Oh my word. I something that comes to mind that has been really helpful and John my husband and I both I feel like we're kind of like giving each other high fives about it is our kids got like really addicted to screen time and they're mm-hmm. still like barely addicted to it. But one thing we did do was just eliminate uh, tablets mm-hmm. like it got yeah. so bad and then my kids were like we need to watch it when we're eating and it was like oh man <laughs> how did this become something that they like you know are just intrinsically like craving <laughs> and we were like they've got to go so we just like went cold turkey no tablets and we still have the tv but for us and then and I get like the benefit of sometimes having something that can travel with you. But for us, it was like, we just had to like cut it out. It was like a cancer that had to go. And we still have, you know, my kids play the Wii and we have a TV, you know, with Netflix and movies and stuff, but it really helped us. And I felt like the behavior got better too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Lindsay? You're the one with the five kids. I I don't have, see, this is where I'm having a hard time being fun. I don't have (laughs) a fun answer I have really practical answers and so 
one of the things that I think actually even posted this on Instagram because I thought other people could benefit from this. But we got a new um, washer and dryer because ours died. And someone had marked on the old washer and dryer with a Sharpie, like, which cycle to do. And I was like, it wasn't my idea, but I still was like, this is brilliant. So when we got our new washer and dryer, I did the same thing. And I, you know, like drew an arrow. Here's where you turn the knob to. And then, you know, you push this one to get the dryer to start. So I like drew a circle with a Sharpie on our dryer Mm -hmm. (laughs) around where it says push this. And so even my four-year-old who can't read can still do her own laundry because she just matches up the arrows on the washer and the dryer. That's awesome. That's amazing. I'm really big about delegating as much as possible. And so my kids do a ton of chores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and our, that, that's one that is, uh, yeah, a good one. Our washer mm. and dryer are stacked. so it Ours are too. Matter. And they drag what? the... Um, oh, dang yeah. it. <laughs> See, I'm pretty hardcore. I'm pretty hardcore. They drag the stool in there and they climb up on it. And Wow. I'm so impressed. Do the laundry. Lindsay is and, momming so hard. She's momming yeah, so well, hard right listen, now. But listen, this is the difference between having, I always tell my friends this, when they're like, your kids do what? But that's the difference between having like two or three kids and then four or five kids. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't think I, I mean, I'm sure there are people who are doing it and you're like killing it, but I, I can't do five people's laundry, six yeah. people's laundry. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, I have to delegate because I truly just can't do all the things. Yeah. So, and my kids are home all day too. Also, that is mm-hmm. different than if your kids go away to school. I can like make my kids do chores because they're there. Right. And in a way, so. it's kind of, I mean, there's, <laughs> I'm not trying to say like make it part of school, but that is, that's a valuable yeah. skill and sure. lesson yeah, to be like, absolutely. there's value in having them do that during the day for sure. Yeah. I just thought of two other things one funny and one mom hack. So can I share them? <laughs> yeah, go for it. So one thing that happened this last year is that I started telling my kids, I can tell by your eyes that you're tired. Why don't you go take a nap? And like within two days, <laughs> my kids looked at me and were like, mom, I can tell by your eyes that you're tired. Like, oh, Ooh. Nice. Um, <laughs> so and then, did you get to take a nap? No, of course not. Oh, um, okay. But one of my favorite, this is like, so if my lining up at the door hack is like for older moms, one of the things that I always tell moms of, of babies and of newborns in particular is when you make the bed, when you make their 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 crib you know we would always use like a waterproof like mattress Mm -hmm. protector and then a sheet but double it so do mattress protector sheet mattress protector sheet Mm. that way when you have your first experience where your kid is waking up puking in the middle of the night you don't have to like (laughs) take the whole mat or like pooping or whatever when anytime if there's bodily fluid that you need to remove from the crib in the middle of the night you can take the child out, change the child, and then take the sheet and the mattress protector that's gross and take that out. And you don't have to remake the yes. bed. It's already done for you. That's a great idea. It's worth the extra, you know, I mean, not that we all need like 15 sheets, but it's worth having two just for mm. that. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing you want to have to be doing in the middle of the night is rustling a crib mattress and redoing it while your precious child mm-hmm. is threatening to do it again if it, if they do it again you're out of luck but the first time <laughs> there <you go. laughs> that's good yeah mm. so I have a question for you guys what was the moment when you realized like okay I'm a mom 
for I, I can go first. This is Kayla. For me, our first child was adopted from Nigeria. And of course, the moment when I held him in my arms was like, you know, this is my child. But there was this kind of like moment where I was momming and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I do because I'm a mom. And it was <laughs> We were still in Nigeria. It was just me and him, and we were waiting to come back to the United States and get his visa. And he was sitting, and I was holding him, and I had some baby food. And it was the first time I had fed him, like, with the little spoon, mm -hmm. and I had a little bib on him, and I put the baby food in his mouth, and we just looked at each other, and I, I wiped, I put the food in his mouth, and then kind of, you know, you get the spoon, and you get all the little dribbles mm -hmm. that came out. And as I was doing that, I was like, I've never done this before. Like, this is something a mom does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm a mom. And it was just this really simple but really sweet moment that I think I'll always remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I had kind of a moment like that with each of my kids where it was like that kind of bond fell into place or like the, the connection happened or I don't know. But, um, with our oldest, it, I did not have like a super easy, I didn't transition well, I guess I would say like, I thought I was super prepared just, I thought I'd be good at it just kind of naturally. And I wasn't. <laughs> so there was just a lot of, you know, wrestling. And then just I, at the beginning, it was, I just, I was probably right on the, on the, I, like flirting with depression, which is something I, I like to do. But I remember um, actually talking to my mom, there was a, I also, I, I wanted to do, I wanted to be right. And that's something that I struggle with. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing. So I was reading mm. books, which is also something that I do, trying to figure out, like, what's what's the right thing to do here? And what I didn't realize is that I had books that were on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. So, like, one of them was oh. a book by Dr. <laughs> Sears, and the other one was Baby Wise. Oh, yeah. oh very different. So, very right. different. <laughs> so I'm reading them, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Like, I'm co-sleeping with my baby. Also, I am letting her cry to sleep for a nap and that and all of a sudden I was like this isn't working. you're basically like heaping coals of condemnation onto yourself right and so I was talking to my mom and she basically was like hey um when you talked about this particular approach I noticed your like sort of the peace and calm and confidence in your voice and when you like started talking about this type I noticed that you started to sound really stressed out and mm -hmm. you can do whatever you like, you should pay attention to that and go with mm -hmm. what is a, a better fit and a more like freedom oriented fit for who you are. And I mean, it, you know, it wasn't quite as simple as that, but hearing her, like my own mom say, I'm watching you do this. And like, it's okay to be the kind of mom that you naturally are was yeah. just really, it kind of it made me almost in a way be able to like turn to Olivia and like, and do us rather than mm -hmm. trying to do, you know, what exactly what Dr. Sears said I should do or exactly what the people who wrote baby wise said I should do. And that's been kind of the theme I would say from then on is like, well, I'll listen mm -hmm. to what you say, but I'm going to do, you know, what works for us. Um, yeah. in our family and with each individual child too and like feeling confident and empowered in a way to make that decision based on the kid 
has mm. been super helpful. And yeah, Christy. And I liked what I liked how your mom was able to speak mm-hmm. that into you. Yeah. And so do you guys have mothers or like spiritual mothers or mentors or people in your life that have kind of cared for you as a mother that have been able to kind of speak into little spots in your life that you're like, oh, now, now I get it. (laughs) My mom does that for me Mm -hmm. a lot. Like I'll be talking to her and realize that I just, I don't even know I need her to say something, but then she says it and I'm like, wow, that feels like a ton of bricks lifted off. of Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I feel like I have my mom, I have, my mom has three sisters And so like, Mm. as I have become a mom, it's been interesting to like, kind of see the way that I've been welcomed into their stories too. And, Mm. um, I have 20 cousins on that side and, um, most of them are, we're like, most of us are within eight years of each other. So it was like basically just this like baby fest for eight years. That's the Catholic side of your family. Yes. The Catholic side of my family. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Totally. Okay. (laughs) So I don't know, that was a really cool thing to kind of talk to them differently about what it was like to have one baby and then twins 15 months later and then another baby, you know, 15 months after that. Or, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that is one of the stories. And and then to hear Mm -hmm. them say, you're doing a good job. Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, your kids are obviously, they know that they're loved you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy how much you're doing a good job goes, like oh, how yeah. far that really goes. Yeah, you know, sure. whether you're saying that to someone who is kind of mothering you in like a church spiritual capacity, mm-hmm. you know, or that you can say to someone else, just you're doing a good job or like a doctor or a nurse that is taking care of your kids. Like, how much does it mean to just say, thank you for what you're doing? Like, I appreciate it. You're doing a good job. I'm glad you are like taking care of my family in this Mm -hmm. way, in whatever way that is. I just think hearing you're doing a good job is so affirming. And it's something that I don't tell people enough. And it's something that means so much (laughs) when I hear it. Yeah. We had this um, pediatrician in Columbia, South Carolina, before we moved here with Olivia And at the end of our well visits, she would always say, you have a perfect baby. And I was, you know, I was like, she's not perfect. You know, like, obviously, (laughs) like, you know, there's like this, like, part of me that's like, don't talk about perfect. Like, perfect is a standard I don't want to, like, get into. And also, like, you know, she's not perfect and she won't be perfect and all this kind of stuff. But I realized um, after a while that what she was doing was telling me I'm doing a good job. You know, and Mm -hmm. saying like, hey, you're going to get home and you're going to have all you're going to think of questions you didn't ask. And you're going to wonder about, you know, growth and you're going to wonder about food and you're going to wonder about all this stuff. And and so I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you have a perfect baby, meaning like Mm -hmm. everything's fine. And I have a friend here in town who's a family doctor. And I told her that soon after we moved here and she started telling some like her patients that too. And, you know, obviously what they yeah. don't mean is like this child is completely without problems. What it means is you're doing a good job and it's going to be okay. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was incredibly helpful. 
Mm-hmm. And and even as Christians, like we can that affirmation, like your child was made in the image of God, mm-hmm. like the creator of all things right. made this little one and poured into creating them to be like them. And he loves mm-hmm. them. And like hearing what that's what I hear when I see hear that is like this little one was knitted in its mother's womb and right. it's fearfully, wonderfully made. Like that's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to hear what surprised you guys about motherhood. Hmm. Oh man, I have so many. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so many things. How did so it surprise you, Lindsay? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, yeah, I could say a lot of things too, but I think a piece of advice I received a couple of years ago that was really helpful was from a you know, an older lady who was just farther along in her motherhood journey than I was. I think her kids were teenagers and, you know, kind of getting ready to leave home. And she said that um, marriage is a mirror, but motherhood is a magnifying glass. Mm. And um, kind of in terms of how, how it shows us our sin, you know? Um, And that was just really gave language to how I was feeling at that time. Cause um I think our boys that we adopted from foster care had been in our home for probably like two to three years. And, um, we were, we just still had struggles and challenges and a lot of those struggles and challenges were me, you know? Um, and so it was really good to hear someone say, these little people are holding a magnifying glass to your sin. And that is what happens when you spend all of your time around, you know, and mm-hmm. just kind of normalizing what I was feeling and experiencing. And it, it really like, let me exhale a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that I always wanted to feel that way, but just, I think this idea that motherhood is incredibly sanctifying. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I was just going to say probably that. Yes. What's, yeah. What was most surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's so true. But not fun. So you guys say something fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that's, I mean, honestly, when you said motherhood is sanctifying, that's exactly what I was going to say. The first person that I heard that phrase from was my friend Gina Holiday. And I realized how much that that small phrase put so much truth into place for me. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very refining. It's very uh, exhausting in ways that I would never think like going right. from someone who is like fairly like moving up the ladder in a professional field to like this, this totally different 24 seven, like whether you work outside the home or not, motherhood is like constantly on you. <laughs> like yeah. when you're a mother, I feel like you wear motherhood and mm-hmm. it's something that you can't shed and, and you don't want to, but it's something that you always have on you. I think that's like mm-hmm. our mothering instinct. And it is a, it's a kind of a spiritual process on top of, all of the other needs and wants and joys and hardships, there's the spiritual component. And I think I didn't really fully understand Mm -hmm. what that would mean until years down the road, looking back and hearing that phrase. Yeah. And I think too, the reason that it's surprising is because it's, 
in the mundane. Like, it's literally right. like a child, put your laundry in the freaking basket that's two <laughs> feet away. And But, like, I cannot, if I can't, like, I can't control myself when I say those words. And that's not because of you. That's because of me. So it's, like, mm. in the really mundane, mm-hmm. like, moment. That's a good example. Yeah. That that you realize like, oh, he's working on me. But I think for me anyway, that's what's most, like what feels most surprising about it is it's not these grandiose, I don't know, things. It's like the mundane, everyday, dying to myself, every time I open my mouth, Mm -hmm. always being, you know, constantly praying for patience, constantly praying for grace um, in these really mundane like put your dish in the sink, dude. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I feel like well, there's this quote that I, a friend of mine. So one of the nights, so my husband is uh, like eight and a half, nine years older than me, and so I basically, since we started dating, have had not just friends that are like right around my age, but because his friends were also my friends. I've had a consistent stream of friends who are basically 10 years older than me. And that means a lot of them have kids that are older. And so I've kind of had these friendships that have been really impactful in general, but you know, as I've been a parent as well. And one of them, my friend Janet shared this quote with me soon after Olivia was born. It says the moment a child is born, the mother is also born. She never existed before the woman existed, but the mother never a mother is something absolutely new. And, um, that is something that just felt, I felt really strongly that I was still who I am, but there was this new, like there was this part of me that was new too. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't, it was almost like this weird nostalgia where it was like, I can't like, okay. So when I was pregnant with Liv, I listened to a lot of Patty Griffin because I really wanted her to be like a big Patty Griffin fan (laughs) from the beginning. (laughs) And and I remember okay, there. I have no idea who Patty oh Griffin is. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm really sorry. No, no, it's okay. She's just like this like folk artist that is like the best ever. So um, <laughs> just that. I'll send you some songs. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I was listening to a lot of Patty Griffin and then she was born and I had some, some friends brought dinner over one night when Def was out of town and I turned on some music and Patty Griffin, it was like in our CD player. Cause that's what we had back then. And the like the music came on and I like almost couldn't listen to it because it was like this weird reminder of who I had been 12 days before. Mm. And um, I wasn't ready to like process how much had changed when Olivia was born. And now I had this baby that I, you know, my whole life was, Um, especially at that point, like centered around keeping her alive and the weight of that and all of that. So Mm -hmm. anyway, that quote really resonated with me because it kind of put words on what I was feeling, which is Mm -hmm. like, you know, the woman existed. I am still the woman that existed before, but the mother didn't exist until she was born. (laughs) And, um, Mm -hmm. so I forget what the original question was, but I was going to get to that too. (laughs) Well, Christy, what you said remind me that, um, you know, some of us, our stories include motherhood and some, some of us, they don't. And some right. of us, maybe they will in the future and they don't now. And so I just want to acknowledge that, you know, and we know this and we just want to let our listeners know that we know motherhood might not be your story or maybe it's a story that you wish 
was written in your life right now and it's not. And we know that Mother's Day can sometimes dredge up some painful Mm -hmm. feelings. And I just want to know that you're seen and loved and valued. And whether or not you're a mom, you are still a fully you still fully reflect the image of God and you still are who God made you to be. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want you to hear that and what Christy said and, and feel like less than because we all have holy work that we're doing and God is constantly forming us. And maybe he forms us and uses motherhood to do that. And maybe he doesn't. Yes. Um, And so I just want you guys to know that we love you and we hear you and we see you and, um, it, it reminds me when we uh, we were in the process of adopting Joseph and we had already met him and we went to Nigeria. We had met him. There was one of the requirements and we had to let him go. We had to leave and come back to the United States. That was part of what we needed to do to fulfill his requirements. And uh, in between that time, we visited in January and we would go back that summer and we didn't know at the time when we would get to go back and it was mother's day and someone Mm. (laughs) I know who, uh, it was, it was a hard day for me because I was like, I have the sun and yet I don't have the sun. And it was just, I just kind of didn't even want, I wanted all the mother figures in my life to know how much I love them and appreciated them. But my heart was so broken and so Mm -hmm. heavy and a person in my life, <laughs> and she she is, was well-meaning, and I love her, but she said, and she was older, she said, and I said, Happy Mother's Day, and she said, and Kayla, I wish you a Happy Mother's Day, and I was like, oh, thank you, that's so sweet, like, and she goes, for next year mm. <laughs> like, what? Uh, and and my husband and I we just looked at each other like did that really just happen and it was like part yeah. of me wanted to laugh and part of me wanted to cry and all I could think about was this little one that I wanted nothing more than to go across the earth and and hold him in my arms and I couldn't and so I just acknowledge that pain of aching for something and not and not having it and having other people not understand and even say hurtful things. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And while we're acknowledging other people, can we just give a shout out to the single moms? Like, uh, uh, yeah. Single moms mm-hmm. rock. Right. And I know it's not helpful to say, I don't know how you do that. So I'm not going to say it, but like right. single moms are just awesome. So if you are a single mom, you we're telling you right now that you are awesome and you are doing amazing things and mm-hmm. I wish I could like make you dinner or yeah serve you another way. way and if you know and let us mom, know go yeah serve them right <laughs> go serve them send them flowers mm-hmm. bring them coffee take their kids yeah um because they are doing some hard and holy work and they're doing mm-hmm. it alone mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, and I also think about foster moms and moms who don't know if their little ones are always going to be with them. And, and Christy, mm-hmm. that's something that you guys are kind of mm-hmm. in the process of thinking about and praying about and learning more about. And just, um, you know, there's so many different types of moms and motherhood. It can look so, so mm-hmm. many different ways. And there's so many joys and also so many like sorrows mm-hmm. that are in that. 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to give life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, yeah, that was one thing that I was thinking at the beginning of this is that, um, like, sometimes when we say mom, part of what, I mean, I, well, and I think just being a woman in general is being a giver of life and being a life giver. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to do that. And it's okay to talk about mm-hmm. doing that as a mother, as a mom in this, you know, short period of time. But the reality reality is that um, all women are life givers, you know, regardless of how specifically mm-hmm. you're doing that right now. And we can celebrate all of the ways that that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have another question. What have you guys, and this could be lighthearted or not, but what have you guys <laughs> had to let go of? Ah. <laughs> Okay, well, that was a great response. <laughs> I think I think that that tone really says it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So you outed me. I made that animal like sound. Kayla. <laughs> but anyone who's like familiar with my story, so we have a six-year-old, a just turned four-year-old, and two one-year-olds, and my life is so loud. It's so chaotic people stop over at our house and they see like the little you know car lightning mcqueen underwear on the floor on one side and like crumbs on the floor (laughs) and three empty bottles and my kids are zoning out on the tv and like i'm not showered like any sort of glee so like sanity is what you're saying sanity (laughs) you gave up sanity like this image of perfection you know, yeah. like I used to be the person that was like, if somebody comes over, everything is going to be put together. Everything is going to be, you know, at least somewhat managed. And, I, and I, I'm still struggling with li- letting that go because whether I want to or not, I do care what people think. And I don't want them to think that I am, I don't have it together or that I'm a slob or whatever it is. <laughs> like, I want to feel like, a, you know, people, you know, I care about that. And that sucks that I do. And I'm learning to let go of that. And it reminds me of when, you know, we talked about not doing it all, but if you mm-hmm. have kids and then you have multiple kids and then you have kids with special needs, like, LOL, you're not doing it all. Right. <laughs> like, that just ain't going to happen. So we'll say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Um, How about you, Christy? Gosh, I wish I had a funny example, but one thing that has been just different than I expected was that I kind of always expected to be a a mom of a bunch of boys. Really? Yeah. I did not. I mean, I I definitely wouldn't say that I was a tomboy because I wasn't good at like tomboy things, (laughs) but, um, I just, whatever that means. (laughs) I know. I don't know. Like I'm definitely not athletic. I wasn't like sporty or any of that stuff, which is kind of what I like. So it wasn't like, that's why I just, I don't know. I felt like I'd have a bunch of boys and I have three girls and, um, and I love that. Like, you know, I get, I have kind of strong feelings about the way that people react to that sometimes, um, when we're in public mm-hmm. or they'll say like, Oh, mm-hmm. you're going to try for a boy. And I love it. I cannot tell you how much I love it when, you know, Duff says things like, uh, no, I think if we tried again, it would be for another girl or something like that, where it just, mm-hmm. you know, because there, there, there can sometimes be this, and I'm sure it happens both ways. If you have all boys, I'm sure you hear like the same thing. But, mm-hmm. but there, there is some truth to the reality that, um, you know, we're we're not planning on having more biological kids, and so realizing that 
uh, this picture that I had of, of a bunch of boys is, is definitely not the way that our family looks, but um, that I may never have a son is something that I've had to let go of. And um, mm. it's not, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it is something that honestly can be a little bit hard to admit sometimes because I don't want to feed the perception like there's nothing about right. having three girls that's disappointing in any way shape or form and I actually think that God was really really good to me in giving me that and I am incredibly thankful for the way that my three daughters have helped me embrace my own femininity and you know thinking through what it means to be a woman and have like mm-hmm. kind of I don't know they've just given me an incredible gift in challenging me to really work through that but it is having a boy is something that I have had to let go of. Yeah. It's an expectation yeah. that you had. That, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. And then there's like the clean house stuff for sure. <laughs> 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 or like the organized, yeah. well, actually organized closet is not something that I had in mind until I had kids. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this does not work if you guys don't keep your stuff where it's supposed to go. You know, what's so funny is before, so when we were preparing to enter into parenthood, I was like, we're not going to have character clothes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We are not going to have that plastic crap that lights up. Like, we ain't going to do that. We're going to have, like, the really cute wooden stuff and (laughs) really, like, aesthetically pleasing and like three months in and my kid's like wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt as he's like playing with this like obnoxious <laughs> Winnie the Pooh telephone and I'm just like well okay <laughs> so there goes that and honestly I found that a lot of our wooden toys didn't even hold up anyway so maybe there's like an illustration in there somewhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny I think for me, I kind of thought of this earlier, Christy, when you were talking about um, the books that you were reading mm-hmm. and as you were preparing or, you know, after your first child was born. And I think what I had to let go of was um, my ideal way that motherhood was going to go. And mm-hmm. um, so I was like hardcore, adored Dr. Sears, totally like, we're going to be a, an attachment parenting family <laughs> and we're going to co-sleep and like Moses, who's my oldest the first child who came into our family, my oldest biological child, like he, I made all of his baby food. He wore only cloth diapers. It was all organic. You know, it was like this very idyllic and he was super easy baby. And then you have number two. And then overnight, my family went from two kids under the age of four to four kids under the age of four. And then I, you know, Mm -hmm. we have five, but it just went from this, like, I read it in a book, I will execute it to, oh, you want to eat that fry on the floor? Go for it, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and, but it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's totally made me a better mom, but it's made me a better person too, because I'm, I'm not as uptight. I can't, you can't be uptight with five kids. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that for me, I had to give up the idyllic, we're going to do this this way. And it's, it's going to go the way that I want it to, because I read the book and I know how to do all the things, you know? And it's actually funny. This is kind of a funny story that people can probably relate to. So we did co-sleep with um, our biological kids. And I, I kind of like when people would push back a little bit or just ask questions about it, I would be like, you know what, they're not going to do it when they're 18, you know, like, 
no no kids gonna stay in bed with their parents like they'll grow out of it we'll transition blah 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 like I read it in the book so it must be true right and Moses (laughs) is now almost nine years old and every night we like literally beg him to sleep in his own bed it's like (laughs) do you guys know uh Jim Gaffigan's um he's a comedian he's a comedian with five kids and he has a skit about bedtime and he talks about it's a revert this is a reverse hostage situation like I will give you whatever you want just stay in your room and yeah it's totally like every night we beg him and so I I we joke now like okay all the attachment parenting people said by the time you know no they weren't going to do it until they're 18 and I'm like what about when they're eight? Ten when more they're years eight, ten more years yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just funny to like actually be in parenting mode and actually be parents versus oh I read it in a book and it, it that's how it goes right mm-hmm. and then you get into it and you're like oh no it doesn't go like that at all mm-hmm. I do love co-sleeping though <laughs> I do too, but we're we're growing out of that. Stage. Yeah, yeah. I out. should say it was like what we just kind of hit a point, and it was like, okay, buddy, you're like taking up the whole bed now <laughs> between you and our fat dog. Like it's time yeah. to go. And he and it was yeah. But I wake but I up every it. morning to little like um oh what's that movie with Keanu Reeves uh, where he's Neo. Gosh, what is it? You really? have a you have a movie reference and we can't remember I, it. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I totally know what you're talking about. It's uh oh Johnny The Matrix. Johnny's gonna laugh. Yeah, the, the Matrix. Okay, so I know he's Matrix. gonna be editing this and he's gonna be like, Really, guys? <laughs> Lame. <laughs> but in the Matrix, how there's those Mom pods, brain. you know? Yeah. And I wake up every morning and I feel like I have those pods around my bed, but they're kids who have come into our bedroom in the middle of the night <laughs> with their blankets and they just like curl up on the floor. And I literally wake up and I can't walk out of my bedroom because there's people all over the floor and it just looks like little pods of. It's amazing. People. But (laughs) my parent or my kids have, there's this, I forget what movie it is. I think it's uh, Storks, maybe. And there's a a line where one of the like kid characters very creepily says, staring at your parents while they sleep. Yeah. Like saying that, and they'll like come up to me. It's like that weird feeling where you wake up and you're like, ooh, whose eyes are that? Are those? And yeah. they're, they're the three-year-olds. And she says, Mommy, can I just sleep with you for a few minutes? Like, oh. So we, basically, we all have given up sleep. Yes. Yeah, for sure. One so of the things we've let go of is sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Thank you, coffee. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like I could write a love letter to coffee. <laughs> love moms everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Will, is there anything else about being a mom or mothers who've been in your life that you guys want to share? I mean, motherhood is such an important part of all of all of the hosts of Upside Down Podcast and and yet it's not the only part. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where it can be so beautiful is motherhood is so important and so all consuming, all encompassing, and yet it's not the only thing that defines us. Like what defines us as being women of God and getting to enter into God's story of redemption. And so 
I love being a mom. I am a stay-at-home mom of four very young kids, and I love it, but I know that's not my true identity. And so I, I am really, really thankful that in this podcast, it's not we can talk about so many things and it's not just one thing or just this or just this, but it's this beautiful combination of all these different important aspects of our lives. And we can care about the upside down kingdom when we are in the trenches of momming, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like being a mom doesn't mean that we don't get to enter into this beautiful new reality and get to think about things and in a totally different way and deconstruct realities and and use our minds and use our hands for, for the kingdom. And so I think that's, that's what I would, I'd like to add and to encourage other moms who are listening, who feel like, how can I be in the upside down kingdom? I think the first step is, you know, coming, finding community and finding people who are willing to spur you on in that, praying, you know, getting into God's word. Every time I'm reading scripture, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I would just read this more, then I would like know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Jesus did this. Like Jesus actually said this. Like the prophet said this. And here we are, like Tweedledee. Like, what should oh, we do? There's some good stuff in there. It's like Holy Spirit inspired or something. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I would kind of echo some of that and say, like, motherhood is good and beautiful and it is something that God has given us you know like it's it's part of the outworking of um, family which is something that like God created and loves and yet it's not an ultimate thing and so um, there I think there is some relief there should be some relief in that both for moms and for women who are not moms that it's not a requirement um, for being a, obviously being a valued member of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So we can celebrate it, but we don't have to, we, we should never confuse it with being an ultimate thing. So I have a friend who, uh, so my oldest is seven. I have one of my best friends from college is pregnant with her first right now. And so it's been interesting to think through like what I would want to tell her as someone who's, you know, very important mm-hmm. at this point in my journey uh, in motherhood versus like maybe what I would have said at the beginning. And so when I was pregnant with Olivia, she sent me this little handkerchief that had my initials on it. And she said, there was a note in it that said, um, basically like I want, like when you start to feel like you don't know who you are or like if that kind of thing starts to happen, this is a reminder from me outside of you saying, this is who you are. And, you know, being a mom doesn't define who you are and all this stuff. And so over the last several years, I've kind of wrestled with that. And now that she's having a baby, it's interesting because that's one of the things that I want to make sure to communicate with her. It's like things are going to change. Your identity is going to change. The things that you, that you find yourself doing, like the things that your life is centered around, it's going to be an enormous change. But underlying all of that, you are still who you are and it's okay for some of that to shift and move and all of that but there's still a rootedness um, and a groundedness in your identity in Christ and um, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of been fun to think through that Mm -hmm. that's 
a good word. Well, thank you guys for listening. Happy Mother's Day. We are just always surprised and humbled that you spend your time with us. So thank you for doing that. Um, and you can continue to do that in the Facebook group, which is Upside Down Tribe. You just search, we'll let you in. And also you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Upside Down Podcast. So we hope you have a great week. Happy Mother's Day. 